Welcome back to yet another episode of Over My Dead Pod. I'm Kylie Caldwell. And I'm Holly Spear. And we are without Kate again, which is sad, but whatever. It's just a duo. Yeah. Last week, we were talking about how there's not much that makes Holly and I squirm or react to because we're dead inside. So yeah. I made it my mission to find something. I'm so excited. And I'll just say, I was, I guess it's more of like a cringe. I was cringing. Mm-hmm. I watched a YouTube video on it cringing the whole time and I was like oh I have to do this so I had to re-watch the YouTube video and I'm reading more about it wrote it cringing the whole time I got my margarita so let me tell you the story of Stephen Platel I'm so excited. Yes, Kylie texted me and said, I have an icky one for us. It so. is icky. icky. So I don't know much about Stephen's early life other than the fact that he was born in 1975 in Nassau County, New York. There are no mentions of his dad anywhere, so I'm just going to assume it was just him and his mom, Grace Platel. Stephen apparently had a rough time in school. He was a bit of a loner and an outcast. And like a lot of the people we talk about, he was bullied. So fast forward to when Stephen was 20 years old, he began an online relationship with a girl in San Antonio, Texas, by the name of Alyssa Garcia. Alyssa was only 15. Going to try to keep track of all the crimes Stephen committed. So here's number one. And Stephen's how old? 20. And she's 16? 15. Stephen began grooming Alyssa online and convinced her to start hanging out in person. Alyssa agreed, and Stephen drove all the way from New York to San Antonio, Texas to spend time with her. And over the course of about two years, Stephen would do this pretty regularly. Apparently, Alyssa's parents did not care whatsoever and let their 15-year-old daughter hang out with this somewhat grown man who definitely did not have any bad intentions. I mean, that age gap when you're that young is odd. There's a reason why, like most states, the age of consent is 18 Mm-hmm. the like overarching theme of this whole story is just bad parenting when Alyssa was 16 she found out she was pregnant she gave birth to a girl they named Denise when she gave birth to her she was actually 17 but still teen mom and at some point during this whether while she was pregnant or shortly after Stephen and Alyssa moved to Virginia and started living together pretty soon after starting their family Alyssa figured out how bad of a temper Stephen had not only was he emotionally abusive, but also physically. Stephen was also physically abusive to their baby, Denise. Ugh. Yeah. A baby. Alyssa later said she had witnessed Stephen pinching the baby multiple times so hard she bruised. Oh my gosh. When Denise wouldn't stop crying, Stephen would put her in a cooler, shut the lid, and wait until the oxygen was almost gone before opening the lid again. What a piece of shit. And Alyssa has later said that he had done much worse, more horrible things, but she would not talk about those. So Alyssa ended up making the brave and I would say correct decision to place Denise up for adoption. They realized that they were not in the place to care for Denise and the home was just not safe for her. That's hard, but that sounds like that's for the best. I mean, maybe she's okay, but he's going to keep pinching your baby and halfway suffocating it. It's going to get worse from there. No, it does. So at eight months old, Denise was adopted by Anthony and Kelly Fusco in Dover, New York. Anthony and Kelly renamed Denise to Katie. 
So that's what I'm going to call her for the rest of the story. Katie had a very normal childhood in New York. She was a cheerleader at her high school. And like Holly, she was a vegetarian because she loved animals so much. Uh, Love that. Also like Holly, Katie was also super artistic and planned on going to college to study art. So her life is super normal at this point, but sometime during her senior year of high school, her parents, Anthony and Kelly, told Katie that she was adopted. And Katie took the news well and didn't seem to be bothered by it, which obviously I've never adopted a child and I don't plan on doing it. But something I think about regularly is like, when do you tell them they're adopted? Young and they don't understand or late and they feel like they've been lied to? I don't know. I feel like maybe when they're old enough to understand why so they don't feel like you know they've just been given up or not wanted you know when they can truly like appreciate or understand like what went into that if it was a situation like that not all of them are but that's great I mean my grandpa was adopted and Uh, so was mine really that's crazy anyways I guess Anthony and Kelly figured out it was time and Katie seemed to be okay with it when she turned 18 Katie decided to contact her biological parents And they messaged back and forth quite a bit on Facebook. Katie learned that Stephen and Alyssa were still together and in fact had gotten married and had two more daughters who were 11 and 6 at the time. So I'm assuming Kenny wanted to get to know her biological family and spend some time with them, but she decided to just cancel all of her plans on going to college and to instead move in with her biological family in Virginia. So Katie's adoptive parents were shocked by this news, but they wanted to to support their daughter and figured she just needed to, you know, tie up some loose ends, discover herself before she started her life and career. So I figured Katie thought that the Plato house was going to be this perfect family and she would finally have some siblings. But of course, things are not always what they seem. Ten years after Katie had been put up for adoption, Alyssa figured the couple were in a better place and they were ready to have children. Turns out, Stephen was still not mature. person like that changes. <laughs> yeah, if you're pinching babies. I don't know if there's any... I don't know if there's any kind back from that. No. So he still had a temper. He would smash things and punch holes in the walls over the littlest things. <laughs> I hate this guy. You're going to hate him so much worse. Steven also couldn't keep a job because of his temper. So Alyssa was the one not only making all of the money, but also caring for their daughters. Despite this, Katie seemed to have settled in pretty well at the house. She had a good relationship with her younger sisters, and she was getting to know her biological parents. But something weird started to happen. Steven, who is 42 at this time, became super clingy with Katie. He also started to spend more time on his appearance and clean up. He shaved his beard and started wearing more hip clothes, I guess in like a bid to appear younger. So Alyssa sort of saw what was happening with Stephen and she decided to confess to Katie what he had done to her when she was a baby. Alyssa told Katie about the abuse, the pinching, the cooler, etc. to warn Katie about who Stephen really was. But get this, Katie did not care. She grew even closer to Stephen at this point. And at one point, Stephen even started sleeping on the floor of Katie's room at night. Don't love that. So Alyssa did confront Stephen, like, what the hell are you doing? And in typical Stephen fashion, he denied that anything weird was going on and he just stormed out of the house. Don't believe that. By this point, Alyssa had had enough with Stephen and she moved out and filed for a divorce. 
She still shared custody of the two younger daughters with Stephen, who would split their time between the two parents. But Katie decided to live with Stephen full time. And how old is she at this point? 18. I, I feel like I feel like her mom should have taken her with her. That's not fair. I guess she's an adult and she also has no, even if she was younger, she doesn't have any like legal rights over her because yeah. she put her up for adoption. It's weird. I get that, but I just could never leave my kid, you know, with somebody that I knew was trying, grooming them, basically. Or, you know, I mean, in 18, technically, yeah, I know she couldn't really do anything, but I, I, I can't. Almost immediately after Alyssa had left, Stephen and Katie began sleeping in the same bed. Like I said, he's 42, she's 18, and also she is his daughter. Stephen and Katie began to act like a couple which I guess they were. They even kept this up when the two younger daughters would be staying at the house. Stephen told them to refer to Katie as their stepmom, but also not to tell anyone because they would think it is weird. Yep, sure would. So for six whole months, Stephen and Katie's relationship went under the radar, but Alyssa, of course, had a feeling something was up and she found her proof. One night, Alyssa decided to go through her 11-year-old daughter's diary to see if she had written anything down about Stephen and Katie. And boy, did she. So here's just a few quotes from the diary. Quote, she is pregnant. Did dad make her pregnant? My dad even says she's my stepmom. Am I her daughter or her sister? Ugh. My dad is a slut. He's Satan. He's fucking Satan. Yeah, well, that's true. If he's Satan and Katie's human, the baby will be half demon. He'll go to hell, but he won't be tortured. He'll be the one torturing people. End quote. This seems like a very odd diary entry for a child. I feel like this is a very intelligent 11-year-old. Yeah. This ain't right, though. But yeah. He'll go to hell, but he won't be tortured. He'll be the one torturing people. That's quite poetic. Yeah. That's just, that's what, that's what I mean about like taking Katie with her, even if she couldn't like making her because something's not right. This whole situation's not right and hasn't been since she was born, you know? Yeah. Or call her like adoptive parents. I don't know to talk some sense into her. I don't know. Yeah. So obviously shocked and disgusted, Alyssa immediately calls Steven to confront him. And instead of arguing and ignoring the question, which he usually did, Stephen actually confessed to everything and said, quote, I thought you knew we're in love, end quote. What a sick fuck. You can edit that out, but no, we can leave that in. Alyssa then did what she thought was the right thing and called the police, reporting Stephen and Katie for incest. But of course, the police really did nothing at all. All the police did was interview the two younger daughters. They never spoke to Stephen or Katie. I hope that the little the littler sisters are not still ever seeing their dad after that. I'm not sure, but I can't imagine they would be. Yeah. It's because Alyssa has actually reported that she was scared for her life after this. Obviously, she knew Stephen was violent, and she also knew that he had a pretty large stash of guns. Mm-hmm. Alyssa has said multiple times that Stephen was a mass shooter in the making. Wow, this is so interesting. What a great guy. And of course, Stephen knew who exactly reported his relationship with Katie to the police. Alyssa. Alyssa rarely left her house alone. When she went to and from work, she had a security escort to her car every time. Spent months always looking over her shoulder for Stephen. 
But during this time, Stephen and Katie just lived a normal life as a cute little happy family, father and daughter. So turns out Katie was in fact pregnant. Of course, you can't have a baby out of wedlock. Oh. Stephen and Katie no, there's decided, no way. decided they had to get married. Yeah, having a baby out of wedlock, that is absolutely disgusting. That's where we draw the line. Mm-hmm. On July 20th, 2017, the two got married in Maryland what? while Katie was heavily pregnant. Is there no laws in this state against that? Well, turns out all you have to do is like when you're filing for your like marriage certificate, it's just a form and you just check that you're not related. There's Ooh, no she would have had adopted parents that would have would have severed her relationship with her father. What? Like, you know, legally, like he wouldn't be her father. Yeah. I guess that's why they got married in Maryland. I don't know. Cause there would be no like a adoption records in maryland because she was adopted yeah. in virginia where they were living so i guess that makes sense yeah i could and just I see that in- like passing under the radar though if you don't have the same last name you know yeah, yeah. no one's really gonna check that because you're you have an adopted last name and like technically not your dad anymore you know yeah and also you don't expect that to happen hopefully most people don't think they have to check for that but I guess there's always those there's always those few cases i don't know red flag maybe should have been the age gap but Probably the craziest part of all this is the people who were guests at this wedding. Not only did Stephen's mom, so Katie's grandmother, and now mother-in-law, no. come to support the couple. No. Also, Katie's adoptive parents, Anthony and Kelly. These people are sick, nasty. Everyone's sick, nasty. Oh, this is so bad. What a... What an effed up family. Not even family. These adopted parents are not even in the family. What are you doing? I mean, I like, you know, supporting people you don't agree with, but this is not the same thing. This is not okay. Yeah, this isn't like, oh, life lesson, figure it out, grow and learn. This is disgusting. Yeah, it's not like, oh, I'm going to let my, you know, I may not like the person my, you know, adopted daughter's marrying, but like, I'm going to support it because we love her. No, this is, she's marrying her dad i'm disgusted go ahead you found an icky case you found it i found the one yep so anthony and kelly did say that they felt like there was nothing they could do and they just wanted to support katie no Mm -mm. not a good enough answer for me i couldn't find anything but i really want to know how they found out about the relationship to begin with yeah that'd be interesting Anyway, soon after the wedding, Stephen and Katie moved to Nightdale, North Carolina, where his mom and Katie's grandmother and also mother-in-law lived. And on September 1st, 2017, Katie gave birth to a little boy who they named Bennett. So Katie's son was also her brother. Her husband is her dad. And so this little boy was Stephen's Uh, son and also his grandson. This is the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. So everyone is just absolutely nuts, but they lived as a happy couple with a new bundle of joy for a little bit until January of 2018, when Stephen and Katie were finally arrested and extradited to Virginia. Thank God. Both Stephen and Katie were arrested for incest, adultery, Mm -hmm. and contributing to delinquency. Yeah, let's hit them with everything we can. That's what I think. That's what I figured would happen because I was like, I know adultery is technically a crime in a lot of states, but you don't really see people being charged with that. 
So mm-hmm. I'm assuming the prosecutor was like, this is absolutely disgusting. Let me just everything we can. If we're going to have to bring up these old laws about not marrying your family and first cousins and stuff, let's go ahead and bring it all out. So with these charges, both Katie and Stephen faced up to 10 years in prison. Or I get Casey's technically an adult. She was 18 when this relationship started. And obviously she knew this relationship was wrong, but she's also a victim. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same, not the same dynamic, but the same principle as, you know, the case from last week. It's like, she is a victim, but yet uh, it's hard to talk it- on it because I... It, I don't know what the correct way to say it is, but I mean, she's a victim, but she's also like has a choice and she's an adult. The other child in the other case was 19. She's 18. I mean, she's making her own choices, but she's had a, she's had an effed up life, you know, like it's sad. Or what's different from like the case last week is like that daughter lived with that mm-hmm. pretty much abusive dad her whole life. Mm-hmm. Katie's pretty much only known this man for less than a year. It's like you went back and then it's like, what was she feeling when she was like, oh, I have these siblings and I have this life I want to be a part of and blah, blah, blah. And then you find out that, you know, your dad is like this and you go along with it. You know, I don't know. It's just it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever really know. Yep. Hope I never know anybody that ever really knows. That's pretty terrible. For Stephen's arraignment, his lawyer blamed this whole relationship on Katie. He said things like, how is Steven supposed to control himself when a hot 18-year-old turns up on his doorstep while his marriage is falling apart? I know how. Maybe just remember that she's your daughter. Maybe just don't. Maybe just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. Really couldn't do anything about that. Uh, I hate people. I hate him. I hate lawyers like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. You can think of something better. You need to argue than that. Really. Yeah. So Stephen is actually able to post bail before Katie, and he was ordered not to contact Katie or Alyssa, and he also had to turn over all of his guns to the state. But Stephen was allowed to go back to North Carolina while out on bail. When Katie later posted bail, she was also ordered not to contact Stephen, and she moved back in with her adoptive parents in New York. So you may be wondering about the baby. Well, Mm -hmm. the baby's seven months old. And he was actually given to Stephen's mom, Grace, who lived pretty much down the street. I don't trust any of these people with no kids. No. I get, like, Katie's also facing charges, but Stephen can still see the baby. Like, the baby's at his mom's house. I mean, he needs to have some kind of, like, something that says he's not allowed to be around children ever. Yeah, and they didn't do that. So around this time, the case began to go viral all over the world. I remember seeing Katie and Stephen's mugshots, like, everywhere. Really? At least least on the internet, yeah. But what everyone didn't know or could predict is what would happen next. A few weeks went by with no contact between Katie and Stephen before Katie decided to call Stephen. Apparently in this time apart, Katie realized the seriousness and grossness of what had happened. Mm Mm-hmm. She called Stephen and told him that she wanted to end their relationship. Stephen, of course, did not take this news well. Not sure what he said, but I'm sure it wasn't very nice. It's hard because I actually feel like, I mean, I did feel like she was a victim this whole time, but I feel like there's some, there has to be some kind of psychological thing going on with her with this, you know? Yeah, I have a little theory later 
so this theory is called genetic sexual attraction and it is defined as an overwhelming sexual attraction that may develop between close blood relatives who first meet as adults Hmm. obviously pretty rare but there have been a few dozen reported cases right before this case happened there was another it was a mom and a daughter who had reconnected and got married wow oh and how many if there's that many reported cases how many unreported cases because who wants to report that yeah because obviously only Alyssa was the one reporting things here yeah so obviously Stephen was pretty pissed off and on April 11th 2018 Stephen's mom got a call from her son saying he was on his way over to her house to pick up the baby Bennett he said he was going to take him to go see Katie in New York for a bit Grace handed over Bennett, and Stephen drove almost 10 hours through the night to Katie's adopted parents' house in Dover. Stephen parked his minivan out front and just watched the house for a bit, like the creep he is, Mm -hmm. and waited for someone to come outside. Later in the day, Katie and her adopted dad, Anthony, got in his truck, planning to go visit her grandparents in Connecticut. Stephen waited a bit and then began to follow them down the road. When Anthony's truck was stopped at a red light, Stephen got out of his minivan and walked up to the truck. He then began shooting over and over again. Both Katie and Anthony had been shot in the head and died immediately. Oh, that's terrible. Terrible. So a man had actually witnessed the entire ordeal and called the cops, telling them about the man in the blue minivan with the North Carolina license plate. During the call, The 911 operator asked the man if the two victims were in fact dead and if he could check to be sure. The man said he was sure because their brains were on the road. Ugh, yikes. Could you imagine seeing that, like, just on your way to work or something? Gosh, no. Not coming in today. Yeah. That's a pretty good excuse. I think so. Before police could arrive, Stephen had fled. And while driving away from the scene, he called his mom, Grace. He confessed to her everything that had happened, that he drove New York to kill Katie, and that he had just completed his mission. Stephen had also confessed to something else. He said that the baby Bennett was not with him. In fact, before he even drove to New York, Stephen took Bennett back to his house in North Carolina. Stephen then strangled Bennett to death and Uh. left his body in the closet. He then got a gun that he hid from the police and drove to New York. Ugh, piece of shit. Please tell me that... Ah, okay. So Grace immediately and frantically called 911, telling the operator everything that Stephen had told her. Excuse me, 911, add to the emergency. Yes. Um, uh, my son just called me, and, uh, he told me he... Oh, my God. North Carolina. Uh, he killed his his baby and he's in the house okay you said that he told you he killed his baby okay ma'am listen to me what's your name okay tell me exactly what happened Uh, he's he's not home his wife broke up with him over the phone yesterday and he told me She's in New York, and he told me he was on his way. He called me last night and said he's on his way. He's going to bring the baby 
to her, and then he was coming back, and he just, he just, he said, he doesn't have, he killed his wife, he killed her father, and he, I can't even believe this is happening. Okay. And did this happen in Nightdale? Uh, no, the, 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 his wife and father are in New York. Okay, and, so the incident but actually... he left, he left the baby dead when he left. Okay, where did, with. where did he leave the baby? Okay, he said it was in the... <laughs> What's your son's name? <gasps> What's his last name? Same as mine. When did uh, this happen? He said... He left last night. He called me, I forget, maybe about seven last night and said he was on his way to New York. He was going to bring to his wife and give it to her. And then he'd be back. And and he called me this morning. I, I just got up the phone just a couple of minutes ago. And he told and I Oh, God. He told me to call the police that I shouldn't go over there. Okay, so the son is, uh, so your son is not there? No, though, the house is empty. The, oh, he said he put a key under the front mat. To take a key to get into the house under the front mat. Did he say how oh, he did it? Or what no, he did? No, and I, I didn't ask him. At the same time, the police in New York discovered Stevens' blue minivan five miles away from where he had shot Katie and Anthony. Police approached the vehicle where they found Stephen dead from a self-inflicted gunshot to the head. Of course. Of course. Of course. Coward. Pussy-ass move. Yep. I wish he would have sat and suffered in jail. And he's not even going to hell to be tortured. You know, he's going to torture. He's going to torture. So, and with that, the case was closed. Somehow, an adopted daughter trying to get to know her biological parents ended up married to her dad, having a child with him, and then being murdered by him. Alyssa has been really outspoken in the press about how authorities failed Katie and her baby when she told the Daily Mail this, quote, Stephen shouldn't have ever been allowed back to North Carolina where he had access to his house, his weapons, the baby. It's a shocking failure. I can understand they like to put children in the hands of relatives, but not Grace. She wouldn't have been able to stop him seeing the baby even if she wanted to. Steve may have found a way to get to him, but they could certainly have made things much more difficult for him. I think they could have helped to prevent some, if not all of this. End quote. I don't see how any judge trusts any family member in this family. I mean, all of them are so screwed up that... I mean, they should have protected the baby way better than that. It should have been with a foster family, someone that, you know, worked in the foster care system to be able to take care of the baby, at least for a little bit until they figured out what was going on. And he should have never known the name of the people that would, that had the baby. Alyssa also slammed police for not seizing all of Stephen's guns. Even though she had never been to his house in North Carolina, she knew he had a stash of them there. And in the past jobs, he was a carpenter, and he probably had built in some sort of, like, hidden compartment in the house to keep guns. Mm-hmm. So it's unclear how many guns police seized, if any. And the prosecutor in Virginia told reporters after the murder that there were no red flags in Stephen's pretrial report to suggest anything this terrible could happen. 
Really? Not like pinching a baby or suffocating it or... I guess the only like witness they have for really everything Stephen did was Alyssa. Yeah. It's tricky because you're like, oh, it's the ex-wife and... Oh, yeah. No. So in the end, Anthony Fusco, Katie, and Bennett had a joint funeral service in Dover, New York. Stephen rightfully did not have any sort of service. And Alyssa decided not to go to Katie's funeral, saying it would be too hard and she would remember her in her own way. When asked about Stephen, she said, I don't think of him. Okay, so back to that, like, genetic sexual attraction theory. I mean, I guess it's just documented that that's happened. It's not, or is it like a real, like, psychologist and stuff say it's like a thing? I, I don't think it's a real thing. I think it's just a theory. Like, it's not yeah a diagnosis which mm-hmm. i can kind of understand it happening for like the younger person like katie who's 18 i don't think she ever had like a boyfriend or anything before this yeah all of a sudden you have like male attention in the mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. but i don't see this happening for steve and the dad because he's always been a creepy predator yeah i think he just saw a young girl and didn't care yeah yeah and she she's obviously has some psychological things going on maybe yeah that's hard I don't I I don't know either I don't know how and you're not raised with that being your dad so maybe it's some kind of like you convince yourself that he's not your dad yeah some kind of a tent you know wanting acceptance of that I, I don't know that's hard it's hard to even wrap my mind around but I do still feel in my gut that she is a victim but I can't really explain how you know yeah Ugh. so there's like oh, I know it when I see it but I can't really explain it yeah yeah that was an icky one that was icky I told you yeah icky. you did find a pretty good one that was a good one Kylie kind of actually that was a terrible one but very <laughs> good very interesting thank you I take it as a compliment Yes. <laughs> okay, so um, for my overtime, I'm going to ask you, Kylie, okay. do you ever look at yourself and feel like you peaked and now you're on the decline? Of- Every day. Yeah, same. I feel like that sounds like such a bad question. Kylie, do you feel ugly because... <laughs> <laughs> do you also hate yourself? You ever look at yourself in the mirror in the morning when you wake up and... <laughs> or is do that just... Ever- do you ever like get ready to go out somewhere and then you start crying when you look at your outfit in the mirror? <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Same. I just feel like I, 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 and I saw this on TikTok, of course, but it was like there you have periods of time in your life where like you age and you don't really notice it, but then there's like some markers where you age and you like start to see it and you almost don't recognize yourself a little bit. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense, but. I saw that and I was like, I feel like I'm on that decline. Like, I feel like I have peaked of like my, I don't want to say attractiveness because that sounds vain, but peaked on, you know, your looks. And then now you're, I'm more like 27. So now it's like the best you can get, the best you're going to get. And then you're kind of like going down, you know? Yeah. So I get that. But I feel like mine is like a decline in hotness. Guess it's the way I do my makeup or something now. Cause there was like a period even when I was like underage, wouldn't get ID'd anywhere. Yeah. And I've noticed like the past couple months or something, 
getting ID'd every single time, constantly. Yeah. Do I look younger but uglier? I don't know. I don't know. I also feel like, too, when I was younger, I did my makeup more to be look older. And now oh, yeah. I do my makeup to look younger. When we were in college, it was like that YouTuber makeup era where I was like, okay, winged eyeliner, cut yes. creases every day. Yeah. Why did and we now- want to look older? What were we doing? I don't know. I guess to get into bars, but now it's like that clean girl aesthetic. No yes. makeup. Yes. That's got to yeah. be it. That's that's what it is. We're not getting older. It's just no. everybody around us. We're still twenty two. Yeah, you're. How old are you, Kylie? Twenty six. I think. Yes. Kate, you, me, back to back, right? Yeah. How, Kate is twenty eight. I have no idea, actually. Now that I say that, I know Kate's older than me, but I can't remember if she's one or two uh-huh. years. Kate also acts way more mature than any of us, too. Any of us. Yeah, she's married with a baby now. Look at her. I know. And she's just always been doing these crazy things, you know? I mean, she'll be like, oh, yeah. And then I lived here when I was a vet tech, when I was a whatever. And we're like, what the? When did you do that? Like, what other 50 lives have you lived before you're 28? Moved into my first apartment by myself. And Kate's like, oh, yeah. It was like, worked on that ghost show for national geographic for six months yeah and i'm like what <laughs> wait what slow down I was it you know? i was in the air force academy I, like i played soccer and i was like who are yeah. you she's so crazy she's I, so crazy. honestly i don't think i've ever seen kate run i never have either i can't even imagine kate running does she making all this up is kate real <laughs> I think she's a. I think she might be a, 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 a um, CIA a, plant to like spy on us. Yeah, but then she wouldn't have told us about being in the Air Force. Sure. I don't think you can lie about that. I know the people who I'm about to tell the story about do not listen, so I'm going to tell you. There were <laughs> <laughs> someone I was friends with in law school thought that someone else in our law school class was like an FBI plant sent to spy on them wait why do i remember something about that <laughs> i might have told you i think you might have told me wait say who he doesn't edit it out oh, okay yeah so we should do every episode for every time just talk shit about a different law school student yeah maybe then they'd start listening supporting us showing up so support next week we have oh yes <laughs> Yes, that was such a good episode, such a good case, Kylie. You're icky. <laughs> You're so fake. <laughs> and with that, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Over My Dead Pod. If you want even more information, you can check out our blog on OverMyDeadPod.com. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this and check us out on social media at Over My Dead Pod. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.